JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. First and 10 for the Colts at the 18-yard line of Houston. Indianapolis again with four first downs on the opening possession. Richardson going to take off on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Untouched into the end zone. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Stroud to pass. Here comes the blitz by the Colts, and they get home inside the 15-yard line. The ball came out. Not sure if it's a fumble or not. Quiddy Pay physically has the ball in hand. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson, fake the reverse, turns the corner. He's in! Touchdown! Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! On the left hash, Stroud looking left, backs to throw, looking, sails it into the end zone, and going up and making a catch. It's a Texan touchdown. And Chew out of the gun, ball on the right hash. Three receivers stacked left side. They're going to run it again with Moss. Cuts it out. He's at the five, and he stretches the ball across the goal line. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Texans go quickly again. Stroud delivers right side. This time, this is a catch. Slipping out of a tackle is Tank Bell, and he scoots into the end zone for a touchdown. That covers 23 yards. Stroud in the pocket, rolling left, breaks contain, and the Colts nab him down. And this time... It's DeForest the the Buckner. The Colts have six sacks in the game, and they close it out with a great defensive play. Final score on the Ruoff Mortgage scoreboard. It's the Colts 31 and the Texans 20. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts yesterday, and uh, we will. There's some things we need to talk about in terms of uh, what didn't go right yesterday, and obviously you know that with the starting quarterback and the rookie, Anthony Richardson. But what I am going to do today, in large part, is talk about what did go right because it is the first time in a long time 
that you Colts fans were able to have a significant feel good for a lot of reasons. And I understand that the Texans stink. And they stink on both sides of the football. And the coaching stunk. They were stinking up the place. But who cares? You go out and you get a win. And you do a lot of things right on the road. That's what you're supposed to do. So there's going to be a lot of talking in positives. Because I don't know how many other opportunities like this you're going to have. But it's been so long. I was thinking about this before the start of the show. And in fact, I was on with Tony Katz a little bit earlier today. And he was going over the things that they did right as well. And it just has been such a long time for Colts fans to be able to soak that up and to celebrate that. And we can break down the circumstances that led to it. The injuries on the offensive line. Uh, the defense, especially in the secondary and safety. They look lost most of the time. Uh, They coached that thing up late, down like three scores. They coached it up like they had the entire game remaining or something, or they were the ones with the lead. I didn't understand that at all. But you know what? At the end of it all, it doesn't matter. 31-20 was the final. Now, I will start with this because this should be and will be the lead story moving forward. And that is Anthony Richardson. And that is his situation in concussion protocol. You know, how that ended up happening that way, there is no doubt when you look at it and your first two starts in the NFL, you don't finish. There is no doubt that that is problematic. That is problematic. So you think about it in terms of this, you know, how do you better? And I thought Trevor Lawrence hit it on the head after the game last week when Jacksonville beat the Colts saying, hey, you've got to protect yourself more than you do right here. You know, don't take those unnecessary hits. We, we've we witnessed that in the past. We've witnessed a quarterback taking unnecessary hits, yeah, most of which he was lauded for it. If you remember, it was his signature. It was the, the extension of the play. The extension of the play. Oh, he's so good at getting that extra yard and all this. Screw that. <laughs> you want to make sure that you maintain out on the field. Yeah, there was a point in time with that in the past where it all ended. The extension of the play. He just doesn't want to go down. And oftentimes you're really slow to this too. Remember back when Marvin Harrison used to step out of bounds and so many jackasses around here called him soft? Remember that? Yeah, he's soft. He's going out of bounds. Self-preservation is incredibly important in this game. These dudes play at a high-skilled, athletic, and a strong level. Self-preservation. I always looked at it that way. I never understood why people, I can't believe you didn't go for that extra yard. You got to man up. Yeah, well, when you're not the one manning up out there, yeah, you go ahead and tell somebody else to man up. When you wouldn't man up for a millisecond. So I always understood that. I never understood why, especially people around here, would give him so much crap. And that certainly held true with the former 12 around here. That was great, the extension of the play until it wasn't. And they want, we all know what happened after that. Now, part of the issue with Anthony Richardson is pretty easy. I was asked the question earlier today, so when is he running too much? 
Um, I, I guess in terms of running too much is when you settle in to more of an effective passer than you are this dual, this try threat that you are right now, I guess. I mean, there's really no getting away from it because he's going to do it. That's how this offense is built. I mean, I guess you could say, well, if he's running in double digits, that's running too much. When he's taking hits in double digits, yeah, I, I don't know where you're going to find a happy medium on this because that's, that's why they were so intrigued. That's why everybody's intrigued is because of that extra that he brings. And I understand those that suggest, just like Trevor Lawrence mentioned to him last week, you know, you got to learn to protect yourself. Make sure you're able to move on, continue to play. But, yeah, it just it, it's just going to be one of these things where we're going to continue to follow it. I, I wish I had an adequate answer for you. I guess at some point when he becomes further down the road, hopefully more accurate and maybe less reliant on getting outside the pocket and running, it's just that's, that's kind of what offensively they're all about right now. So I don't know. I mean, in the case yesterday, yeah, you could have dove across the goal line. His teammates suggest that he didn't know that Stewart was coming, didn't see him, because he certainly slowed up before he crossed into the end zone. And I guess if you're going to look at that negatively, it's it's this. I mean, that should have been... An absolute, hey, you know what? You sidestep that and you move on. You score a touchdown. That would have been two on the day. You're on your way to having just an absolute stratospheric type of rookie game two performance. And then all of a sudden that jumps up to bite you. I I just I wish I had an answer for you regarding that. And it's easy for me to sit here and say, you got to protect yourself or you got to make smarter decisions. But the fact remains that a lot of this offense is going to be reliant upon him running around with the football. And he's going to take hits. And hopefully we're not in this situation again anytime soon. But this stuff, I I would doubt if this stuff goes away. So when is Anthony Richardson running too much? Yeah, these are going to be things, I guess, on the fly we're going to have to make a judgment on. It seems like it's part of it right here. Yet you wish that was something yesterday that you could have sidestepped. Now, it's kind of interesting considering what ended up transpiring afterwards because you get Minshew Mania in there, and Minshew Mania played really well, especially to close out that second quarter. And you can't see why they wanted him with Shane Steichen to come in here because he's calm, cool, and collected. He was just working that offense. The ball was where out and then where it was supposed to be. Very catchable football that it was. That's exactly why he's here. But as I've told you in the past, there's only going to be two reasons as to why you're going to see him, and they're both bad. And no matter what you want to say, Anthony Richardson going into concussion protocol yesterday, it's bad. That part is bad. You're glad they went on and won the game. That would have made it even worse had they not done that. 
They exploited in departments in which yesterday you expected them to exploit. That part was good, too. The other part about it, I mean, you can argue that still the Texans put up 10 in the fourth. This is something I haven't talked to Rick Venturi yet this week. I'm going to ask him again. Last week it was 14 on the board in the fourth, and this week it was 10. Now, they had built such a major lead, especially by virtue of what they did in the first half. What, 28, I think, in the first half, only three in the second. So things offensively did slow down considerably. I just kind of look, to me, outside of Daryl Baker Jr. not being anywhere near his guy most of the time in the secondary, there are a lot of things defensively that you have to like, and you start with the defensive line being able to exploit an offensive line of the Texans, which when you start a season and you're so incredibly dinged up, that's a bad sign all the way around. They had backup after backup. I mean, hell, they were running the wrong way. You saw the way that they handled offensively late in that game. Where I'm from, everybody used to say, and this is in terms of a pitcher, anybody ever play, when you played Little League or Babe Ruth or high school, that pitcher throws, the quote was, slow as pond water. I don't know if that was just exclusive to me growing up in a redneck area or what, but slow as pond water, that's... That's the pace in which Houston was moving the football in the fourth, down like three scores. The way they closed out the third, it was like, hey, whatever. So nonchalantly, yeah. I mean, you really felt good about the Colts considering the way that they had played and the fact that Houston just had zero sense of urgency. It was quite hilarious. The win is... It going to be viewed as too much, I'm assuming, when you end up getting in situations like this. I just I don't have an answer for you. Because that is going to be a part of this. You can say you gotta better protect yourself. Okay. Good luck with that. That's just what you get into when you get into your quarterback taking off and running all the time. Remember what I said about Josh Allen to Buffalo a year ago? It he just started seeing that a lot more. There wasn't so much handing off. That's back when Zach Moss was still there, back when they had Singletary there. You know, it wasn't so much him, you know, just getting the ball outside and then sticking it in the belly and then giving it up. He ran on a lot of quarterback keepers and he did it in like the third and fourth quarter of games where they're already up two scores. It didn't make any any really sense. So I can sit here and say, well, if you're Shane Steich and you're the Colts, you have to handle this carefully. Uh, You can be smarter than just nonchalantly going into the end zone like that um, in the future. But, I mean, if you didn't see the dude, you didn't see the dude, I guess. But you cannot, you, you don't want to hijack time. From this guy learning, that is at the top of the list. Hey, beating Houston's a good thing, but at the top of the list, it's you know making sure your quarterback stays healthy and plays. And I tell you what, so far so good between the combination of he and Shane Steichen. I mean, it's like left hand and right hand so far. And I like the way that Steichen gets him involved kind of gingerly leans him into it. 
It's a lot of confidence going. That has been fantastic so far, but the non-fantastic portion of it is not being able to finish both games at the beginning of his NFL career. That is not good, and that's something that you hope is rectified if you're able to. But again, this dude taking hits, this dude's going to take a lot of hits. Unless all of a sudden they decide to take out you know, the activity that he has you know, at running out outside of the pocket, you know, sticking it in the belly, taking it out, leaving it, whatever. Uh, this is this is probably going to be an issue. This is not going to go away. Now, you're asking me whether or not he plays this weekend. You saw how they handled Ogletree, I guess, this weekend, right? I think he was cleared at the end of the week, uh, didn't play yesterday. I would be shocked. I have not seen anything as of yet from anybody covering the press conferences today. And see, and, and Robbie B says, you know what? People are going to gripe about having a non-mobile quarterback and a mobile quarterback. You can't win. Yeah, I, I think the only way that you do, you want a mobile quarterback and you want one that's able to stay on the field. I mean, frankly, you just don't want to see this guy hurt. You don't want to see what's transpired in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, it was a self-report. They took him back, actually tent first, and then took him to the locker room. Uh, The test was not passed, and there you go. About a shout-out to Gardner Minshew, who played really well again, especially to close the half. 28 points in that first half, and closed the half strong. I thought played incredibly well for putting him into that situation in which he was in, but here's what I'm going to tell you. I thought the biggest difference of the day I thought, to me, if I'm going to point to one positive that is larger than anything else, was that of Zach Moss. Now, don't get me wrong. This dude's not Jonathan Taylor. So just because he had 88 yards and nearly five per carry yesterday, that is much better than the one and a half per that they averaged for running backs last week against Jacksonville, even though though you had nearly five a carry, don't get me wrong, I would still love to see Jonathan Taylor out there. I think that'd be great. I don't know if, you know, the video from Friday will play a role in it, if that's good news or bad news or what type of news that it is. But I would love to see him out there. You hope to see him out there. I do. I I hope to see him out there. So this doesn't doesn't quench my thirst, if you will, at the running back position. But, man, it was such a big deal yesterday that was so necessary. So necessary. 88 yards on the ground. I mean, normally you go, oh, yeah, that's a pretty decent afternoon. But in terms of what they got last week, and the thing that stood out to me regarding Moss, anybody else notice this? The yards after contact. So he's making contact in or around the line of scrimmage, and he was getting extra yards. His yards after contact, I thought was fantastic yesterday. So if you're going to point the finger at anybody to me that was the most important in the way that game went down yesterday, it was Zach Moss. That felt good to see them be able to run the football. Believe me, I like them throwing, and I want to see them be a modern-day team and go through the air. But let's just face it, last week was a joke. Last week was a joke, and that's exactly what you needed from Moss this week. That's what stood out most to me. 
You still need Jonathan Taylor. You still want Jonathan Taylor. You do. You want somehow, some way for this team and that player to find some common ground and work something. You just do. You do. You may say you don't right now. You don't need him. I don't care. What? It, yes, you do. I'm going to tell you this. In a season in which you are selected to lose and lose heavily, there's nothing wrong with going ahead and telling everybody to shut up and win some games. You know, there's nothing wrong with me picking the Texans on Friday and then coming back and everybody saying, hey, you see, I told you so. Good. Good. I actually wasn't going to pick the Colts to win a game until week four against the Rams. But you go down and you get it done and you take advantage of the advantage that you had. And certainly the Texans were uh, both on the field and injury-wise an absolute mess. Take advantage of that. Don't apologize for it. No backhanded compliments. You stay concerned about your starting quarterback, your young 21-year-old quarterback, that you want to be able to finish the game and you want to see all this mountain of athleticism, but you do want him to stay out of harm's way. I just can't tell you how that will happen. I wish I could ease your mind. I wish I could. I just don't know how that's going to happen because he is going to end up by what he does. Being in harm's way. This is just going to happen. If you guys got any ideas, let me know. It just seems like if you take that out of the equation, then you take a lot of the arsenal out of the equation that Shane Steichen built a year ago in Philly Then obviously has transferred here to Indy. I, I don't know how you do it. That's why he was selected. That's why everybody, the whole dual, try, threat, whatever you want to describe it. You know, that's what makes him so interesting, so entertaining. But what doesn't is him sitting on the sideline and worried about the health. So I I would be shocked if he played, hopefully pleasantly surprised if he plays coming up on Sunday. And that's... Uh, much better team in Baltimore. Much better team. Uh, we'll talk about that if you like it. 239-1070. A lot of overjoyed fans, and you should be. Because it's been a long time since you've really, truly been able to celebrate anything. Especially on the field. So good for you. Good for you and good for the Colts for that win. Yeah, defensively up front, yes. Daryl Baker Jr., there's no doubt, was an issue late. I thought about this. Anybody else think, you know, why are you even looking? Like, Nico Collins was running, like, wild the entire game whenever they looked at him. Why? why? And certainly, you saw that C.J. Stroud was exploiting whomever was on Daryl Baker Jr. in the second half. And by the way, I know that in terms of C.J. Stroud, you look at the secondary and and Baker Jr. especially, who's taken a lot of the heat today. And you say, well, you know, he had a good game because of this. No, no, no. He had a good game. He had a really good game. So don't sidestep that at all. I mean, it'd be like, it'd be the equivalent of me coming on here and going, well, you know what? They won, but the team they played sucked really bad. He had a really good game against the team that he was matched up against. And let me tell you this. He had, outside of Collins, zero support. None. None whatsoever. 
That was a fantastically quarterback game. And I don't care what level of talent you're talking about. He still had dudes from Indy all over him. His offensive line was a mess. He could really throw it to one guy. I mean, really one guy, that was about it. I mean, I can't be the only one to understand that. So you can't say, well, you know, it was the Colts secondary and they stink. Well, you know what? The Texans stink too. To make something out of that mess yesterday as a rookie in your second start, I mean, you got to give that dude a lot of credit. Don't you? All right, we'll talk about that coming up as well. That matchup with the Baltimore Ravens coming up on Sunday. We've got a lot to work with today. Yeah, outside of Notre Dame, I wish I had something better to tell you college football fans around here. Well, if you're the Boilermakers, you you look so good. You got to wait out the weather. You're on the road in Blacksburg. Get that win. And you just get run all over. <laughs> Saturday night up at Ross Aid. You got everybody fired up about a night game at Ross Aid, and you just completely crap your pants. And then with IU, I I find myself every single year, basically forever, other than I guess the COVID year of 2000, saying, well, that's kind of what you get. You just kind of sit back and you wait on it, and that's what you get. I mean, there was very – Walt Bell, what do they say now? I'm not cool enough to do this. This is the younger generation. What do you guys say? Vibes? The uh, play calling when they were down three scores in Houston yesterday where the Texans was very – had the vibes of Walt Bell, right? Walt Bell vibes. I mean, you just – it's always two steps forward and then three steps back. I mean, even that first half, down 21 nothing, onside kick, man, it gets everybody kick-started, gets everybody in gear. You're getting right there in the neighborhood, and, oh, fourth down, oh. You get right down there, can't punch it in. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Playing in Lucas Oil Stadium, I'm sure that that's fun. I, it didn't look like that there was much fun. I didn't go. Obviously, but watching it, it didn't look like that it was a glorious day to be playing in Lucas Oil Stadium at noon, really on both sides of the equation there. It doesn't look boring. Kind of what you got. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We shall discuss that if you like. Got plenty of time to talk about the Colts, too. Not only Anthony Richardson and his injury situation. And hopefully we come up with some better answers. But, right, I just sit here right now and tell you that's kind of the way that it's going to be. I can't candy coat it for you. That's just what they do offensively. He's going to take some hits. That's problematic. You wish you wouldn't have taken that one yesterday. And again, we've been through stuff like this. We've been through it before. We'll talk about that on the other side, collegially on the other side, too. Stephen Holder is going to join us from ESPN.com in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get the latest, his thoughts on Richardson on Saturday, Minshew, uh, Moss, which I thought uh, among those that were the reasons why this team looks so much better, you want to talk about it from a cold standpoint, he was at the top of the list for me. And a shout-out to Will Mallory, by the way, too. Two guys that probably don't get a great deal of love. I thought Will Mallory had a nice debut, a couple of nice catches, 
And EJ Speed, we got to talk more about him. EJ Speed, you got now three linebackers that can run and get to places and can make plays. I thought EJ Speed so far this season has looked really nice. Love to EJ Speed. Quick break and we'll come back. Stephen Holder coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, but me and you at 239-1070 coming up on the other side. A little day of celebration because, frankly, Colts fans, I think you deserve that after a win. A little winning celebration for you. We'll talk about the game and all that coming up. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Third and 12, wiping off the touchdown. Third and goal from the 12-yard line. 14-11 to play in the game. Stroud in the pocket, dancing, and he collapses on him. The pocket closes down, and it's a sack for the Colts. Quiddy Pay gets a big-time stop, a sack on third and goal, all the way now back to around the 18-yard line, and the Texans are going to force, or be forced, I should say, to settle for three. There you go, Quiddy Pay. And Matt Taylor, by the way, on the call, Colts Radio Network. Quiddy Pay's had some moments so far defensively up front, as they should have in the games. Again, this Monday edition, it is a Monday afternoon quarterback brought to you by the Shane Company. Fine jeweler since 1929. That is the Shane Company. 239-1070 is the number. I am giving you the opportunity because everybody thinks that I'm always wanting to be negative. I don't. You've had such a little opportunity for satisfaction to feel to feel the need for a little triumphant celebration. I'll give that to you today. I mean, even with the Anthony Richardson news, which is a bummer, don't get me wrong. But a little talk about yesterday in a win. Yeah, there's no doubt it's a game that you should win. I didn't tag it with a must win, though, but it's a game that you should win. Had to do a lot of things to make sure that they did. Hey, JMV, awesome show. Do you recall them saying Shaquille Leonard's name at all? Do you think that the guy isn't healthy? Well, what I saw in week number one, I saw him flying around everywhere. I think sometimes, you know, maybe now you guys, when you see both Speed and Franklin out there, I, I'm telling you, the guys are all over the place. Yeah, as far as his name, yeah, I guess I didn't hear it very much. I don't know if I was listening for it very much. I just thought basically everybody in the front seven did a tremendously good job. I didn't have much of an issue with it. Yeah, that's where I start. Jam V, so I was watching Miami last night. They mentioned that Tua has a new protective helmet, has undergone training and how to limit injury potential while running. These guys have procedures for everything. It's like Apollo 13. They have procedures for everything. So to suggest that the Colts will have a procedure for Richardson in in trying to handle 
In this case, staying on the field, Sharon, they absolutely will. The problem that you're going to have is, and when you get injured, it's described, it's defined as reckless. When you're making a play and you get up and you're snapping it on the next play and everything's going great, I I mean, you're a whiz, you're a genius. And that's the fine line here. He, he is the same dude on both sides. That's just going to be a part of this. I'm not suggesting so much it's going to be the concussion situations. But well, how can he not take as many hits? And I know that one crossing the end zone like that that takes you out of the game is the last thing that you want. You want to get in the end zone, get low, and get the hell out of Dodge. Maybe you better understand that now. But they're going to have a procedure, if not multi-procedures. But us ever being able to be out of this and not having to explain this and not having to wonder, you just got to keep in mind the talent that this team drafted and believes in. Because in large part, that's what he does. In large part, that's what this offense will do. I guess what I'm saying, for lack of a better description, you're just never going to be able to put this guy in a glass case. Just not going to be able to do it. So maybe one of these days when he's more prolific, you know, playing from the pocket, ball placement, you know, whatever and however you want to describe it. But, you know, right now, This is an offense where he's going to run around a lot. And he does a lot of good things running around. But as we know, in this era of the NFL, that will come with consequences. All right, 239-1070, email address, JMV. 1070, check that. JMV at 1075thefan.com. Colts 3120 yesterday over the Texans. They get Baltimore coming up in Baltimore on Sunday. Yeah, you saw what went down yesterday in and around the AFC South. Jaguars, a loser at home to the Chiefs. Chiefs on the board for the first time. Titans by three, 27-24 over the Chargers. The Bengals are 0-2. Bengals are being overshadowed by the Reds right now. (laughs) By the way, too, the Reds, the Reds, I don't know how they do it to win games. I know they're playing and have been playing a bad Mets team or whatever. I know the Mets won yesterday. But how they're piecing this together down the stretch to stay in the neighborhood of contention as they are for a postseason position is is to me amazing. And I won't say anything about it, Cubs fans, right now, because you guys a month ago talked a bunch of junk. I mean, literally talked a bunch of junk, and I said, you know, maybe you ought to chill out a little bit. Same thing I said when Atlanta Braves folks were saying, hey, they're going to be as good as the 76 Reds and the big red machine. Chill out a little bit. And I know that we don't live in a world that allows that. And believe me, I'm in the epicenter of that world. I am not allowed to wait and see. I'm like, I've got to go with something right now, no matter how ridiculous it may sound coming up in a month. I got to go with it right now. JMV, would you have rethought your stance on the Texans had you not had to make that pick on Thursday? I'll be honest with you. I had this thought out. 
and that the Colts would not get their first win of 2023 until they had the Rams at home. And I don't know why it felt that way. It just kind of felt that way. Now, when you look across that whole landscape of offensive linemen and the injuries and all that, it, nah, I mean, I could own that stuff. I think I was the only one at the station that whiffed on it. Last week, everybody at the station on board with Jacksonville, and this week, all the nerds except for me were on board with it, with the Colts. And I'm the one that takes the L on it. Nah, but you got to own that. We've been doing Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool Tequila Shots on Thursdays forever. Got to understand that 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 also sometimes can come with consequences as far as who's going to be active, who isn't playing. But that's okay. Yeah, Lions at home get tagged with a loss. How about the Seahawks losing to the Rams in their home opener and then coming back in overtime, closing out the Lions yesterday, 37-31. is the number. Let's start with Chris today on the show. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic on a victory Monday. I'm glad you're feeling good, Chris, because I want everybody to be able to let this thing out. Remember they used to have in the star. I don't know if they they still do. Let it out when you were able to you were able to write something down and send it in. I'm gonna let it out. I want Colts fans to be able to let it out positively because you've been unable to do so for such a long damn time. Have at it. Hey, and you know what? And I was gonna say something about that. When's the last time we had a wire to wire victory like that where we weren't down at all during the game? It's been a long time. It's been a long time, brother. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, front seven plate, fantastic. Uh, looks like Chris Ballard might have actually got something right with the quarterback because Garner <laughs> Minshew came in and, and, and did a really solid job. Got to get better at closing in the second half. That got a little bit too close for comfort there. Uh, but all in all, pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good day at the office. And lastly. I gotta bust your hump a little bit for fixing, picking the Texans. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. No, I deserve it, man. I gotta, I gotta own that stuff up when it happens, brother. So I need the junk. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate you. And again, the Monday afternoon quarterback brought to you by the Shane Company, made to shine. The Shane Company. Do I need a break here? Or can I get Charlie in? I don't need a break. Get Charlie in just a second, by the way. But Chris got me on a subject that I do want to talk a little bit more in depth about. And it's now all of a sudden thinking that you're going to dangle Gardner Minshew out one of these days to bring in some draft pick because look at the Jets and their quarterback situation. First of all, and you have no idea who out there may want him. And secondly, he fits very well here because he was in this system last year. That's why they hard targeted him. And I'll be honest with you, I would rather have that right now. I mean, knowing what you know through the first two weeks and have him come in and cash in on two touchdowns before the half, as he did yesterday, than worry about what stinking mid-level fifth-round pick you're going to get. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about your draft capital and you can get a fifth rounder out of and on that. Seriously, you guys, go ahead and shove your draft capital where the sun don't shine. Right there with entertaining losses and Mount Rushmore's of. I mean, seriously, where the sun don't shine. I don't want to hear anything about it. 
It may make more sense further down the road. It makes absolutely zero sense and sounds asinine right now. Let's not sound asinine. Charlie's up next. Charlie, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm great. Can I uh, can I do my Tom Allen complaint? <laughs> Better stand in line, brother. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I, I've had season tickets since 1977, and I saw the worst coaching in a three-minute span in the history of college football. You're not ready. You're not ready to run a quarterback sneak. Two, you have to call timeout because you can't get enough people on, and you stood around and watched the officials for four minutes review it, and then you do a pitch back when you need six inches. Yeah. You try to get six yards. It's the worst coaching I've ever seen. That it's the same silly mistakes every single week. Tom Allen could take Ohio State or Georgia talent and figure out a way to lose. Yeah, it wasn't good. And and I even go back. It's been, for the most part, how you just described it. That's the IU football that I've known going all the way back, which is, they've had you know some years that have been fun, Charlie. As you follow the program, there's no doubt some eight, late 80s years with Bill Mallory that were enjoyable and Dave Schnell and Anthony Thompson and that group. Uh, but it has been few and far between more times like that than certainly more good times to talk about. We're right down by the end zone. Yeah. I, I I don't know why your six foot two quarterback can't just line it behind the center and reach over the line and get a touchdown. Hey Charlie, I'll tell you this. I know this is um, hindsight's twenty twenty. All right, we're second guessing like hell right here. But it would seem to me that maybe just about anything else other than what was called would have been a better play call than that. I mean, about anything else. So yes. Totally agree. Totally agree. Charlie, have a great day. I appreciate that call. I'm going to let you cut it loose a little bit more here. In fact, we didn't schedule Stephen Holder until the 5 o'clock hour because we want a lot of let it out and a lot of the goodness because I want you guys to soak up to celebrate a little bit of win. I don't care if it's because it's against Houston and they stink. doesn't matter to me. Few and far between these moments have been for you, and I think you guys deserve it. In fact, you've earned it. David, man. Gardner Minshew needs to be the starter. Come on now. Let's not lose sight of the big picture here. Let's not. Quick break. We'll come back. 93.5107.5 fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Minshew out of the gun, ball on the right hash. Three receivers stacked left side. They're going to run it again with Moss. Cuts it out. He's at the five, and he stretches the ball across the goal line. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. It's the third rushing touchdown of the first half for the Colts, and it's the first touchdown of the season for Zach Moss, and the Colts now lead it 20-7. to Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. Zach Moss was indeed running. 88 yards may not seem like some great afternoon, but for the Colts, it was spectacular. I thought, I thought to me, of the highlight 
production-wise of the afternoon, that was at the top of the list right there. That was so necessary. And again, it doesn't mean they don't need Jonathan Taylor. You do. But it was good to see that. And a shout-out to Zach Moss yesterday. Hey, speaking of Jonathan Taylor, his situation, Tom Pelissero reports this. The NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations. The union advised running backs to, are you guys ready? Consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper conduct. What do you think they're talking about there? Anybody have any idea? Anybody want a fair guess what they're talking about right there? Quote, consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist. Or as they say in southern Indiana, where I'm from, frickin' stop it. <laughs> Tom Palisaro, NFL.com, with that report today. Uh, Corey Kenny says, just get the Cub stuff out of the way. I deserve it. See, I mean, you guys all all talking junk to me a month ago. Hey, Braves fans, too. And the Braves are still rolling roughshod. Don't get me wrong. But this whole comparison with the big red machine and the Braves, chill a little bit. Thank you very much. Yeah, David wrote this. Gardner Minshew needs to be the starter. He probably will be the starter in Baltimore, but he doesn't need to be the starter after that. Whenever Richardson is healthy, Richardson can go back out there and be the starter as he should. Let's not get things all haywired here. All right? Don't do that. I mean, that to me is even as ridiculous of the talk. Well, you know what? You got a little value with him right now. Let's trade him. <laughs> Yeah, get that fifth round to hurry up. You and your draft capital. Thank you very much. I think I love this a great deal. Miles Turner guarantees an all-star appearance next season. Wait a minute. I may end up getting a bit of a sports arousal here. You guys want this quote? You guys ready for the quote? I'm excited for the All-Star game, obviously, that's going to be in Indiana this year. Y'all going to see me there, by the way. You heard it here first. Now, just like here in general or here playing, end quote, I'm asking that question. I'm excited for the All-Star game, obviously, that's going to be in Indiana this year. Y'all going to see me there, by the way. You heard it here first. See, why couldn't you break that news on this show? Come on. All right, quick one. We'll come back. I got plenty of time. We'll start with JR on the other side inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Brought to you by Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses. Indy's favorite Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses. Available at Meyer and Kroger. Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses at winshuler.com. Hour two. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. First and 10 for the Colts at the 18-yard line of Houston. Indianapolis again with four first downs on the opening possession. Richardson going to take off on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Untucked into the end zone. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Anthony Richardson, a rushing touchdown from 18 yards out. And the Colts have drawn first blood. Matt Taylor right there, the voice of the Colts. Uh, Colts win yesterday on the road in Houston. Get Baltimore coming up on Sunday. Shane Steichen met with the media earlier today. Uh, You know the situation with Anthony Richardson, uh, concussion, concussion protocol, was asked how much time would it take Richardson to get into gear if he were to be deemed good to go in Baltimore? That was asked. And the response in true Steichen fashion was uh, four words. We'll work on that. (laughs) <laughs> we'll work on that we'll work on that this is what they're going to do yeah I know everybody and rightly so there are things you can do and I mentioned procedures that every team will come up with to try to evade situations like that especially if you have a mobile quarterback or more than mobile quarterback in this case yeah everybody's going to come up with procedures to use the problem is you knew exactly what you were getting and what you were taking on when you drafted him so you're just going to have to live through some of these situations and i would guess especially early with the inexperience So yesterday, concussion, concussion protocol, missed the rest of the game, second quarter with Anthony Richardson. And, you know, people were talking about how much better can you protect yourself or is he running too much? Well, the answer is I I think you can always, in, in terms of a situation like that, try to be more protective but if you didn't see the guy which his teammates suggested in the post-game locker room then that's going to be difficult and the other aspect that you just simply are not going to be able to get around is that's what he does and that's what their offense does is he running too much i don't know where you draw the wrong, especially if you're having success. I mean, clearly he was having success in doing what, what he was doing so far. I don't know how. Cross your fingers. I know that sounds ridiculous. But this stuff's going to happen. And he's not going to stop running. And again, you knew, they knew exactly what you were getting into here. So you try to educate him more on how to better protect himself. The offensive line wasn't a problem. In fact, I thought the offensive line played as well as I can remember the offensive line playing, even with some early penalties. But this is just going to be him. Now, somebody had asked me a little bit earlier today, you know, referencing the era of Andrew Luck and when did he when did it become evident that he was running too much 
and being too reckless. Remember, uh, it was just hardcore, hard-nosed football play until it, it until an injury transformed that into him being reckless. And then the whole hold the ball too much stuff started. Well, you think about that, and then you put that up about five more tiers in terms of Anthony Richardson. Because when Luck did it in that era, he was just being mobile. He was evading, or at the time, he was extending the play. Remember how negative that became? Everybody was in love with it at the beginning. It's like run the damn ball around here. Everybody loved it at the beginning and then hated it afterwards. Been tired of it afterwards. But extending the play, that was such a big deal. But this is even more so than that. This is just what this guy does. This is what this offense does. They'll come up with procedures to help you be more aware of where you are and to hopefully sidestep hits that compromise your playing time on the field. But good luck with telling me that you're going to be able to eliminate it because that's the type of player you drafted and that's the type of offense that you run. We'll see the timetable on that coming up as we move throughout the week. Baltimore and Baltimore for the Colts coming up on Sunday. Meantime, 239-1070. The email address is jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live of the player of the day was Zach Moss. Uh, he gave them something that was ridiculous last week and to the tune of 88 yards was incredibly necessary. And then check out, if you go back and watch the game again, I don't know if you will or if you won't, but if you do, watch his yards after contact. He was what they like to reference as running tough yesterday. And good for him. That was necessary. So that's a part of the good defensive line, a part of the good. I thought the linebackers played well. The secondary was iffy here. There certainly, I know everybody's on Daryl Baker Jr. this afternoon about his play yesterday too. But again, I'm going to go ahead and leave the forum open for you. It's been such a long damn time since you were able to celebrate anything. And I don't even care. I don't even care if it's the Texans and they suck really bad. It's been a long time. I think you as a fan hanging around, caring about this team when they lose and when they stink and when it was a circus last year, I think you deserve this moment. Deserve this moment to be able to uh, soak up the sunshine, as you should on this Monday. Charles asked me this before we get back to the phones. How is it good negotiating tactics for the NFL running backs to fake an injury? <laughs> and so you can still get paid and not get fined, I guess, right? Ow. It's like uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, my arm. It's broken. Now, you just don't want to get fined and lose money. Now, you're going to get paid while you're there. And... Like, all negotiating tactics are not created the same. I mean, there's nothing being negotiated here other than the fact that I'm sure your representation said, hey, I'm going to make sure I get your ass paid here. You're not going to get fined. You're going to get paid. Remember what Chris Jones went through, and then he finally settled on a new one-year deal in Kansas City? I mean, at that moment, his agent was costing him a fortune. 
And one thing you're not going to do is cost your dude something in a situation like this. You're trying to make him something more. So it's not all the same. All right, 239-1070. Time for you right now. We can go over the collegiate football weekend, which was not good from an IU or a Purdue fan standpoint. Notre Dame's feeling good. Notre Dame gets Ohio State this weekend. JMB, did Miles Turner really say that? I just I read you the quote right there. He's going to be here. Miles says he'll be there, but if he's not on the team, I'm sure the Pacers will give him a ticket. See, I don't like to hear any garbage like that. <laughs> you guys should all be loving and embracing right now. Hey, soak up the bravado a little bit. Soak up the bravado. I just don't know in what capacity. He certainly will be here. But playing? Good for him. When's the last time you felt this compelled and excited about the start of a Pacer season, too? You guys are all right there with a little hoop, aren't you? Yeah, the Miles quote, I'm excited for the All-Star game, obviously. It's going to be in Indiana this year. You're all going to see me there, by the way. You heard it here first. Sounds like my guy's calling his shot. Hey, JMV, if Anthony Richardson isn't running, then what is his value? He has to be a runner. That's, that's What I'm saying is that they know what they were getting into when they drafted him. I mean, you want him to become a better pocket passing presence, more accurate, all those things, quarterback-wise, one of these days. But no, that's what I'm trying to tell you. This whole putting him in a glass case can't be done. You draft him, that's how you play, that's how your offense is designed. And this stuff is going to happen. And they'll tell him things, this is what you can do, maybe get down, maybe get low. Again, I brought up an hour number one. Everybody around here, and I mean everybody around here, you know, all these pseudo-tough guys, talk tough, act tough, Used to make fun of Marvin Harrison all the time. He'd catch a ball, step out of bounds. Didn't want to deal with the contact. Oh, man, he's soft. He is so soft. You believe how soft he is? And these were the days when Mark Patrick hosted the other show, and I was a producer. And I thought, let me tell you this. You guys are such dumbasses. Why would you want him to take off? Why? To show that he's tough? How is he not showing that he's tough? He just made a one-handed diving catch. For a touchdown. That that shows to me that he's tough. Now, nah, what he was doing, he was advised right. He was smart about it. He, he wanted to make sure he maintained his health and stayed on the field to produce. That's his priority. And they're going to give, I'm sure, a number of procedures to Anthony Richardson to hopefully help maintain his health. But again, he's just going to be out there. He's he's going to be out there to be hit. Because that is a part of the signature way that he plays. And you know that when you draft him. And you know that right now. And it's just stuff you're going to have to deal with. JMV, it's pretty simple. He's going to run. Just don't call design runs this year. Yeah, good luck with that. Again, that's that, that, that's not going to happen. They will. I will tell you this, Seberg, if Shane Steichen ever comes out and says, yeah, you know what, because of this, we're going to go ahead and eliminate all designed runs for Anthony Richardson from the playbook. (laughs) 
Not going to happen. I mean, this all sounds really good in protecting your centerpiece, your 21-year-old quarterback, but it's just not feasible. 239-1070. JR is going to lead here in the 4 o'clock hour. JR, I am damn glad to have you on this show. Hey, John, always good to talk to you, sir. Back at you, brother. Hey, uh, thank your producer for getting me back in the fold. I was on hold there for a little while. My damn wife called, and I'm not smart enough to figure out on this iPhone how to switch over. And I got yeah, I can't do it so, either. I, I can't do it. I, I sometimes mean, I'm talking and doing something on it, and my daughter will call, a daughter will call, and it's just really weird. Yeah. We got to be smarter than that, JR. Well, you know, that happens. We're, yeah. we're simple-minded. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to listen to much today of the show. I'm sure you've touched on it, but like you said, hey, a win's a win. Let's celebrate it. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, you know, Baltimore will be a tough game next week, but just go into it game by day, game by game. You know where we're at. Um, and you know, people talking about you know trading Minshew. Let's let's don't throw a fourth ring into this three ring circus we've already had. Uh, right yeah, here. just um, I mean, it, he came in and did the job he was supposed to. That's why you have him here. I mean, we're not thinking about building. Building any level of uh, market value to deal him for a fifth? Who the heck cares? Keep him here and make sure. I mean, that's that's a good moment yesterday. A bad moment because you lost Richardson, but a good moment because of the production he came in and gave this team when they needed it. So I don't know why you can't celebrate that for like 24 hours before you try to trade him. Yeah, and let's face it, it's a good feeling to have an insurance policy. That's why we've been in this mess to begin with. We've never had that. So let's build on it. But I want to touch on one more thing, and I don't know if you touched on it right today. This is more important to me and probably more important to you. Is our Reds going to hold on, brother? Are they going to make it? Well, considering it seems like almost every night there's like somebody new pitching. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> so I don't – I uh, I would doubt it. I, I don't know how you keep this thing pitching-wise patched together. I mean, you saw what Ashcraft situation done with the toe and – you know, obviously, Lodolo going back. So, you got – yeah. I, I just – with this pitching, and I, I know that they're trying. I know David Bell is trying some unique ways, some original ways to bridge the gap here. I just don't know how you continue to do that. And here's what else scares me, JR, is I talked so much junk this season about St. Louis, right, and laughed about St. Louis and them being in the cellar last place. I think that's great. And you know who the Reds have in that final series of the season uh, would be the Cardinals, I believe, on the road. So I probably have screwed the pooch on that like normal. So bra- oh, I, bad, I bad, bad karma I'm bringing to the Reds fan nation out there. Uh, yeah, I know. They played the Cardinals last week, and I told my son it's not going to be good. So we'll see if they can hold on as much as I criticized David Bell last year. I got to tip my hat to him this year, man. It's been hard to hold this ship together. So let's let's hold on. Like you said, at least we're in the yeah. – at least we're still in the hunt. Can you right? believe we're paying this much attention in the middle of September? I mean, it's amazing. It's been a great year when you could say that, at least from my standpoint alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks Thanks for taking my call, JMV, as always, buddy. JR, you call any time. Jim writes this. It's not that Richardson should consider running less. He needs to figure out how to finish those runs more safely. And that's why I mentioned they're going to have procedures for him to do that. They probably have a couple of pages right now that suggest that here's what you can do other than how you handled that second touchdown run yesterday. And I just I mentioned you cannot place him in a glass case with this. When I get asked, when do you run too much? I, I don't know if you're ever going to run too much. I guess it depends on the level of productivity you're showing when you're running. 
It's either the level of productivity. They're both end results, by the way, here, too. The level of productivity while you're running or maintaining health or being injured. And they're both absolutes, and you won't know until the end. Again, that's how he is as a quarterback. That's how this offense works. It'd be great. Don't get me wrong. If you can find another home run hitting weapon, cough, cough, in the next couple of weeks, I dig it. I think you all should dig it too. But in terms of this not being an issue, a significant issue for the foreseeable future, there's just no way to sidestep that. It's going to be. Stephen Holder joins us in the 5 o'clock hour. Dwight is next at 239-1070. Hello, Dwight. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. Thank you for taking my call. You know it. I try to listen as much as I can, as often as I can. But let me just say this. You know, I, I'm i glad we have Anthony Richards, Richardson here. You know, the city is excited about basketball, football and basketball, which is good for the economy and it's good for, you know, fan base and all that kind of stuff. I just don't want him to end up as another, you know, Robert Griffin III who will have a short career. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll manage him well enough to be able to get some production out of him and get him to the point where he's a seasoned player. Uh, I'm, a, I'm also an Uber driver from time to time, and I know that it translates into money when when both of our teams are doing well, yeah. as well as Indy 11. And that's really all I have to say. I, I enjoy the program. I just hope that we can resolve the um, running back issue because, again, it translates into economy when we have a winning record and a winning team because people in Indiana, if they, if they do nothing uh, more than just support you and they're loyal t- to you and they love you, You'll have them as fans forever. Dwight, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Call anytime, Dwight. You know, in terms of Jonathan Taylor, by the way, to Tom Palisaro, it was not in direct mention to Taylor. But this tweet that I talked about over the past 30 minutes from NFL.com released, the NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations. The union advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper conduct. The NFLPA responds. What do you think they said? Want to guess what they said? Anybody know? No, not get bent. Nope, not up. Stick it where the sun don't shine. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Not blank off. None of that. <laughs> Quote, this is ridiculous and without merit. This is ridiculous and without merit. Now, the problem that you have on this, too, is to start the season last week. Remember, it was both Schefter and Rappaport that came out with the Jonathan Taylor could play tomorrow if you know he liked the situation. Again, I'm paraphrasing on this, but you guys remember the reported stuff we've talked about around here for a long period of time that was going down. And uh, listen, and I know that there's going to be no evidence of it, but you all know where that particular report, where that info came from. This is ridiculous and without merit. I love it. A little fighting going back and forth here. 
And that obviously is directly related to that of Jonathan Taylor and his situation right now. JMV, if he maintains being a running quarterback, it won't last long. None do. None. Yeah. wonder how long, how long you think Jalen Hurts goes with this? Just out of curiosity. They took that team to the Super Bowl a year ago, rushed four from the quarterback position in Philly, over 700 yards in a season. How much longer is he going to be able to do that? You know, oddly enough, what they have done with him and what they continue to try to do with him, and here's something Here's something for Chris. Chris in Westfield, here's something for you. They have placed as many skilled position specialists around him offensively. And maybe one day you don't do that as much because that day will ultimately come. The day for Richardson is not here. And I'm assuming it's not here either for Hertz. But one day it will be. So what do you do? In the meantime, I mean, you make sure that you've got as many weapons as you possibly can. And I'm sorry, having one continue to sit on the PUP doing absolutely jack squat, but working out in front of a video for his Instagram, that doesn't do you an ounce of good. Even with what Zach Moss gave you yesterday, and again, props for the best of really good days down in Houston, individually speaking, for Zach Moss running the football. But... You can't have a home run, high-skill position threat sitting on his rear end doing nothing with this. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. We're letting you celebrate the Colts win because it's been a long time since you're able to celebrate them doing something well, as they did yesterday from start to finish, closing out a team that deserved to be finished. And that was the Houston Texans. They were terrible. Doesn't matter, though. Colts get a win. We'll talk about that with you on the other side. Stephen Holder, top of the hour. This latest NFL report from Tom Palacero. We'll go over that. Also, what was said regarding Jonathan Taylor. Not much today from Shane Steichen. And the win that was yesterday here. Celebrating on this Monday with you Colts fans on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Houston three for five on third down, this time third and seven on their own 37-yard line. Back in the throw is Stroud, and the Colts bring pressure off the right edge, and Stroud ducks and takes the sack from the Colts. And the Colts brought wicked pressure off that right side. Stroud had nowhere to go and just sat down and accepted the sack all the way back to the 28-yard line. Matt Taylor right there. I'm a big fan of EJ Speed, by the way. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts of the Colts Radio Network. Welcome back. Monday edition of this show is always brought to you by Wynn Schuler, spreadable cheeses and original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. It is the spreadable cheese inside the lounge via YouTube Live. And of this show and of Indy. 
Winshuler spreadable cheeses, Meyer and Kroger locations. Recipes today you can find at winshulers.com. Try it. You'll love it. Especially you guys get a sponsor inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Have you guys talked about that yet? You guys digging the cheese sponsorship inside the lounge via YouTube Live? Now, there's definitely something. If I can find one thing where Haas, it will make Haas happy for the first time, does our Winshuler's cheese sponsorship inside the lounge via YouTube Live. What do you think, Haas? Well, cheese sponsorship in there? Yeah, Winshuler's legit, by the way, too. Yeah, you get that? You dip it in some pretzel rod, little pretzel rod dippage there? Come on now. Hey, by the way, too, I want to give a shout-out to Romy and Sarah. Every Saturday night when I'm doing the JMV Takeover, they bring food by. And I don't know if you guys have been there because I've not been there, but I've now had it twice. The place is called Agave and Rye. Anybody know of it? Agave and Rye. Or where I'm from in Greene County, Agave and Rye. Agave and Rye. They got some kind of street corn right there that is incredible. Agave and Ryan, thank you, Romy, who now is with Heaven Hill Distillery and our good friend Brent Holverson, our betting analyst, and Sarah for that every single Saturday. But Agave and Rye, that, my friends, would be legitimate, strong. Ravens 27-24 over the Bengals. Bengals now 0-2. The Ravens 2-0 on the season. If you remember, the Ravens would be my handy AFC title winner selection. A lot of people didn't like that. I don't know if I like it either. And it's only two weeks. You talk about a test along that defensive line that we've talked about so far in two games. You get this team offensively and certainly Lamar Jackson coming up in Baltimore on Sunday. 1 o'clock, that kick, of course, 10 a.m. Got the Colts pregame huddle with me. I think we're actually going to be in Carmel live for this one coming up on Sunday morning. Ravens and the Colts, week number three of the NFL. And by the way, week two closes out. In case you forgot about this, there is a double dip. 7-15 Saints and Panthers, 8-15 Browns and Steelers. That's ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Also, hey, let's go ahead and give a shout-out. I don't know who I'm going to give credit to, but I do know this. On the show on Friday, live at Taylor's Pub and Nora, Bud Light Blue Friday, you guys heard Chris Hagan, friend of this show and of Fox 59, call the shot. He said, listen, this is going to be coming to an end. You guys are going to be okay to watch the game if you have direct TV on Sunday. Everything is going to be all right. And what happened? Uh, both the folks that he works for, his parent company, Next Star, and the people at AT&T, direct TV, they came to some common ground. And you got to watch via DirecTV the game on Sunday. So a shout-out to Chris Hagan for making sure that got done. So now you got common ground there. Now you just need some Colts, Jonathan Taylor, common ground in a couple of weeks. We shall see. Uh, I'll get to the NFLPA versus the NFL in a back-and-forth pointing the finger, not directly here and not naming names, 
But regarding what Jonathan Taylor, we believe we've talked about, he's going through right now. I'll get to that coming up in a minute. Marcellus at 239-1070 right now. Marcellus, that was a great request on Saturday night. Job well done. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Hey, we almost gave it away at the end. <laughs> hey, do you, do you guys, uh, yeah, you guys, dig, you guys dig on the 90s? Do you like the 90s? Oh, man, I love it, man. Okay. I love the 80s and the 90s. If The 80s have a slight edge for me. Okay, yeah. they get they get the slight edge, but the nineties, yeah, I like it too. Man. I, I would I agree. agree. It's it's funny. I think I get I get a lot different callers for the nineties than I do yeah. for the eighties and when I do the seventies and stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, man, you know that old saying they say that uh, rising tide lifts all boats, right? Yep. And we know that football being the ultimate team game. If you're not doing well at your skill level you affect somebody else's stats, okay? If you're not blocking well up yeah. front, the quarterback, he can't make his completions. If he can't make his completions, the receivers aren't getting their stats. You know what I'm saying? Over and over. And so, you know, this goes to back to Minshew, okay? I, I think, you know, Colts fans, especially Colts fans, should have an appreciation probably for the most non-athletic quarterback being the most skillful guy on the field being able to distribute the ball and surgically. Yes. Okay? And yes. we've seen that for decades with Peyton Manning, and you know what we're talking about here. And it was refreshing. Okay, I'm just sorry. It was. It was refreshing. No, you're right. The, the, ball, the ball was on the hands. The timing was 100% accurate. Was, That's exactly was, what you saw. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was a breath of fresh air to see that. We haven't seen that in a quarterback wearing the horseshoe in so long. I was just like, wow. Now, I know this guy's not Peyton. I get that, uh, you know, but but he knows what he's doing out there, and it was so good to see that. And, look, let me tell you something, Jay. They may not say it uh, publicly, but those guys that were catching the ball, finally getting some stats and yard stats and receiving stats for themselves was like, man, you know, oh, who was Maori? The guy at number eighty-six yep. down the down the field, wide open, man, beautiful. We set up, we set up Moss for the touchdown run, and it's like that's how you play ball, man. And don't tell me these guys are like, man, okay, Anthony, take your time, man. <laughs> we hope you get ready. We hope you get better, but man, you can take your time a little bit. Get what? Make sure you're okay. I just, I kind of next week. I, I find it hard to believe, and especially the way that they handled last week Ogletree, right? Yeah. I, I find it hard yeah. to believe that he's going to be able to play on Sunday, but we'll, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying these guys don't think selfishly. They didn't like having their own stats. You know, I mean, everybody was catching, man. He was nah, he did a great it job. Was, that's the reason why. That's did. the reason why he's there. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and so my whole thing is this. okay. I know maybe it's not. You know, you don't want to give too much praise to the backup quarterback. We get it. He gets too much. He gets too much credit. But, uh, but at the same time, man, you know, it's okay to say that this guy had a tremendous game. Seventy-two yard drive, uh, uh, and then another drive to ice it away. Yeah, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He would distribute that ball the way it's supposed. And guys are like, hey, man, this is uh, it's good to be able to catch some balls here, you know. So hopefully Richardson, again, this is this was the fear I had coming in. It's just we're just two games in, Jay, and we got a concussion. Two games, man. 
you know, we got to change up on how we're doing this. And I, I just, I don't, I, I've wondered about that, Marcellus. That's just what he does. Now, granted, can he help protect himself? And I mentioned this. I'm sure that they're going to have pages of procedures on how to sure. do and how to handle things and not nonchalantly, regardless, go into the end zone in that fashion and take that needless hit from Stewart as he did yesterday. But we are going to go through this often because that's what he does and they've known it and that's how this offense is predicated with him doing that well, I, and that's and, well, and I, I mean i don't know as of right now i don't know if there's going to be an adjustment on the fly made to what they do offensively in that playbook because you know that's a part of of what they feature so we'll see well, i guess it's well, a good question well, but we'll see well, well if the, well if that's the case my friend uh we're going to be looking for Arch Manning <laughs> in four years, you know, because this is, they're going to cut this kid's career short. Uh, he, he, like, like, like Michael Strahan said at the halftime show, he said, man, I know you were big and strong yeah. in high school and college. He said, but everybody in the NFL, especially on defense, is just like you. They're just like you and they're coming, you know, and, and this is, this is his welcome welcome wagon, man, and I hope he gets better quickly and gets back on the field. But man, they they got to switch something up. And by the way, Jalen Hurts did the same thing, but guess what? He was hurt in the Super Bowl. Remember his shoulder? He had yeah. a bad shoulder. You know, he he was injured too. He wasn't exactly a hundred percent. And it may have affected it. Yeah, he was he, he was he was the major reason why they got there though, and ran for seven. Think about it, he ran for seven hundred plus yards last year. Yeah, so. yeah, man. Is that what you want from your QB? Well, I, I mean, a long. I, I don't know how you get away. No, you're you're accurate. I don't know how you get away with it long term. But as it stands right yeah. now, that's yeah. the expectation that they have on Richardson. And again, they knew what they were getting into. Hopefully, you know, he improves pocket awareness, throwing accuracy, all yeah. that. But right now, you know, that is you know the definition of a dual threat quarterback and that's what they drafted him to be hey man yeah. there you go marcellus hey man, well, talk to you on all saturday right. night too all right all right my man take care you know he mentioned will mallory two catches 49 yards will mallory will join us coming up on wednesday show i gotta give the mallory some love here i'm a big fan of the mallory family big fan the late bill was awesome I'm a big fan of Kurt. Kurt knows that over in Terre Haute at Indiana State. Big fan of the Mallory family. Will will join us coming up on Wednesday. Two for 49. Two for 49, and the long was 43 right there. I'm telling you, two targets, two catches, uh, both from Gardner Minshew. If you're looking at the wide receivers, the other thing Gardner Minshew did is that he discovered Alec Pierce for a minute. Two targets, two catches, but that he got in there, and hey, all of a sudden, there's Alec Pierce. That's where we are. 31-20, the final, the Colts over the Texans yesterday. Saquon Barkley sprained ankle. He'll be out Thursday and considered now week-to-week. So Barkley down in that Giants game yesterday against the Cardinals. Um, JMV, 
Richardson will learn from these injuries because I think he is open to it, unlike Luck. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, these are different circumstances, but we're talking about essentially the same thing. And it was different for Luck because his was on the scramble. And I've given you the whole extension of the play being his forte, his signature when he was here. And it was it was cheered. Everybody loved it. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. It was low. Then it was going to get down and slide. Remember how cool it was? Everybody thought, hey, man, look at that dude. He's taking on a linebacker until he got bent over like a broken folding chair. And I revert all the way back to Marvin Harrison in that era. Stepping out of bounds. People called him around here soft. <laughs> Seriously, if you know somebody that did that, make fun of him. What an idiot. What an idiot. That was the smartest thing ever done right there. Because you know what? Then he was on the field to catch one-handed lobs out there on the fly at Nashville. Touchdown passes. Kept himself available. Got to figure out the dynamic here, the balance, which is delicate to keep that availability going. Hey, listen, if it's for Richardson, if that means stepping out of bounds, that means getting your getting the football into the end zone or diving, doing something different than what you did yesterday, then so be it. That's exactly what Marvin Harrison did. People around here made fun of him. Called him soft. JMV, the thought of Richardson not running is like having a pitcher with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and not throwing it because he might hurt his elbow. Yeah, it's pretty funny, too. Those pitchers like that end up hurting their elbow. I mean, it just seems like it's right now with his skill set and how they're designed, who he is, who they are. That's the situation. Quick break and we'll come back. Your calls if you're on hold inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Win Schuler's spreadable cheese is in the lounge via YouTube Live. And Stephen Holder coming up after five. What Shane Steichen had to say today and that thinly veiled finger point by the NFL to the NFLPA regarding Jonathan Taylor. We'll dive into that storyline coming up after five as well. 93.5-1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's party time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson. Fake the reverse, turns the corner. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Three rushing touchdowns in the first two games for Anthony Richardson. He faked the reverse and then took it off right side into the end zone from 15 yards out, and the Colts have two touchdowns on their first two drives of the game. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. Welcome back to the show. No new news regarding the concussion protocol situation of Richardson today. 
And by the way, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, that is me right there. I don't know why people would think that's not me. I think it was Peaches that said, well, you know, I'm not worried about that. It's fluky. The thing of it is, this all does stack up. So if it's fluky, all right, you just got to learn from it and move on now. I'm just, I'm here to tell you that there's nothing you can really do about it with the way that he plays and the way that the playbook is. That's 100% accurate. Fluky or not, you can always educate better. And again, I guarantee you they have stacks of protocol with that in mind right now, moving forward. I mean, it goes well beyond just you know the design of helmets and wearing a different helmet and this and that. I mean, there are things beyond just throwing the football in your own playbook and how to lead a team that you have to learn. Uh, If you expect to be the best you can be in the NFL, especially somebody that has that much of an expectation on his shoulders. JMV, JMV, to prove this is you, what is your password? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, no, to prove it's me, um, I just asked this uh, Harkin guy what his problem is because he's always a big wang in there. Can I say that? Big wang? Sure. <laughs> always wonder why. Why must you be a crank? So that really is me. Uh, 6 o'clock, Colts Roundtable Live. You guys on hold, I'll get to you coming up in a minute, too. Stephen Holder coming up after 5. A 5 o'clock hour, listen to win. Adam Sandler tickets. Adam Sandler, November, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I've got tickets to see Sandler coming at you in the 5 o'clock hour. Listen to win. 93.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Stroud in the pocket, rolling left, breaks contained, and the Colts nab him down. And this time, it's DeForest Buckner. The Colts have six sacks in the game, and they close it out with a great defensive play by the veteran defensive tackle, and the gun goes off here in Houston, and the Colts are victorious. Yeah, front seven dominated as they should in that situation against that Texans offensive line. Uh, Zach Moss was outstanding. I thought the player of the day, 88 rushing yards for the Colts yesterday, too. And Gardner Minshew off the bench in place of Anthony Richardson did, especially at the end of the first half, a fantastic job. Welcome to hour number three. Adam Sandler tickets to give away. Gamebridge Fieldhouse show coming up in November. Listen to win, and I'll give you a chance to do that coming up before the end of the show. Colts Roundtable Live is at six. Stops this week. We're at Joe's Grill and Fishers. Larcity Bourbon Locks Azul Tequila Shots on Thursday, week three with Brent Halverson. And then coming up on Friday, we're going to be live down at Kilroy's downtown. Kilroy's downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. That's Rams tickets for you coming up on Friday. So a lot of ways for you to participate, a lot of ways for you to win. 
You got the Colts as a winner yesterday. Next on the agenda would be that of the Baltimore Ravens. Nothing new as far as Anthony Richardson is concerned. We'll get to that and a lot more from ESPN.com. Stephen Holder joins us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Very tight-lipped, I'm assuming, today, whether it's uh, incredibly early, I guess, to make some kind of call as to whether or not we're going to see Anthony Richardson. But if you go by how they handled Ogletree, um, it, it, does that set any precedent for us to maybe gauge how they're going to end up handling the 21-year-old rookie quarterback? Well, excuse me, I would say maybe. Uh, here's the, the difference is, and first of all, on Ogletree, so to, to set the stage if people weren't following, he had a concussion last week. Uh, he went through the steps and he cleared the concussion protocol on Saturday afternoon. So he was eligible to play. He was cleared and in accordance with the protocol. They they kept him out. Shane Steichen said today that was a coach's decision and not because of his concussion. But the reality is we can't pretend he didn't have the concussion right. and wasn't and was cleared like the day before the game. So I guess what I'm saying is it's fair to to ask whether that played a role in their decision, even though they're saying it wasn't quite two plus two equals four. Now, what I would say is that the tight end situation is much different than quarterback. <laughs> so at least a little bit, it, it, it's different in that they have more options at tight end, but it's, but it's also true that Gardner Minshew is a, a decent option. So, so I guess you can apply the same logic to some degree. It's not as if, you have no backup who's worth putting on the field. I mean, Gardner Minshew was absolutely fine yesterday. And and that wasn't surprising to anyone, not to me, and I don't think to most people. I mean, I've felt all along that if Gardner Minshew was the starter, he would probably have a higher completion percentage and, and would have, in many ways, better passing numbers than Anthony Richardson. Not necessarily a lot of yards, but I'm just saying – efficiency numbers so they have like a legitimate option there but the, the difference being obviously Anthony Richardson is a a vastly different player than than Gardner Minshew and you can play a completely different kind of game with him under center but if you're just talking about executing and, and running the offense I mean look Gardner Minshew is perfectly fine to do that so I guess where I would come down on it is they should be smart and I think you should do that, you know, with a 21-year-old quarterback who has uh, lots of football in front of him, hopefully. Yeah, no doubt about that. You you got any thought as to sitting here right now, his availability or lack thereof on Sunday? No, the only thing I can say is, and, and I hesitate to even read anything into this, okay, because I don't think we ever really know what we're looking at when, when someone has a head injury. But, um, you know, Jim Mersey – and and most of Richardson's teammates, when when they were asked about you know what they observed, they said, "Well, he seemed fine to me." <laughs> so I know whether that tells us anything. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I I do think there there have been instances where guys had a concussion, and and that that was not the reaction, right? So take that for what it's worth it, it may not be worth much but but just i'm just putting it out there because that's what they said well, so, yeah, I, yeah i get it maybe, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com joins us. I'm assuming you're getting a lot of this as well. People are asking me, uh, does he run too much? And mm-hmm. is this going to be this or this going to be that? How do they handle it? Well, one, we both know this. There'll be some, I'm sure, process, protocol, a lot of sheets that he's going to have to go over and how to better protect himself, which you can't realistically at all 100% protect yourself, but I'm sure better ways and means in which to try to do that when you're outside the pocket and on the run, things of that nature. Um, But I've said it this way. They drafted him, and that's what he is, and that's what he's going to be. They have formed the playbook entirely around him because that's what he is, and that's what he's going to be. And pretty much that's that, right, until further notice? Correct. Perfectly said. I'm glad you said that because, in fact, I, I wrote a whole story about it. Cool. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to post it tonight or, or tomorrow morning, but it needs to be said. Like everyone in the locker room is saying, well, you know, he's got to learn to play smart. Okay, I commend them. It's a nice thought. It sounds good, you know. But look, this ain't Disney World. Okay, <laughs> like this guy is a running quarterback. He's going to get hit, brother. Okay. That's just, we might as well just come to terms with it. Now, how much you expose him to those hits and whether he does what he needs to do to reduce the number of hits, those are things that that are up for debate and those are things that that you can have some say-so in. But at the end of the day, they drafted him knowing his style, knowing how they were going to use him. All of this has been above board. None of this is surprising. And so why we are sitting here acting like they got to protect him. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on. What are we talking about? <laughs> like, they didn't draft him to be, to be a, a guy who, who never leaves the pocket. That's not what he is. They're not going to turn him into that because he's not that. So whether that helps you sleep at night, I, I well, let me rephrase that. I know that doesn't help people sleep at night. <laughs> okay. I, I understand that, but it is what it is. So we might as well stop trying to, you know, put a happy yeah. face on this. Like he's going to get hit, people. That's why, and as Jim Mercer himself said, he said, you know, that's why we drafted a big, strong guy because we know they take hits at that position now because we expose them to hits. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't know what more you can do about it. Maybe one of these days you'll be able to when he has more of a a pocket presence. Hopefully, becomes more accurate. Yeah. Things of that nature. Uh, it's it's part of that evolution, but. You know, as of right now, I mean, this is much like you see with Jalen Hurts and you saw effectively done a year ago. This is built to, you know, within the uh, the playbook um, to be of incredible value. And that's where it really starts in this playbook right yeah. there is with him well, doing listen, that. Listen, you, had, you said it perfectly. The, their entire advantage right now is the fact that Anthony Richardson has this component to his game. You saw it yesterday. I mean – how much worse of a play caller would Shane Steichen have been on those first couple series <laughs> if you had a different quarterback? You would have called a completely different kind of game, which basically you saw when Gardner Minshew got in the game. And I actually wonder if it almost uh, if it almost helped, not helped, but like for Houston, they game plan for Anthony Richardson, and then they ended up for for three or excuse me, two and a half quarters playing a completely different type of quarterback who was a guy playing from the pocket. So I have no idea how that affected their game plan, but it it had to have some impact, which is kind of funny because normally you're like, 
all right, we got to be ready for this guy because he's going to run all over the place. And you game plan around that, and then they got something completely different, which is you know just kind of ironic. But anyhow, I I agree with you. I mean, this is their entire offensive advantage is the fact that no one has figured out how to stop this guy. At least you know just in terms of the the, the things that he can do that are that are atypical they don't have a read on that yet and i and i've said this on your show before i believe i'll say it again uh, the colts internally in their organization they felt like their biggest advantage would come in the first few weeks of the season because this is all brand new and people haven't seen these plays they haven't seen him run the this offense all of that so they're going to lean into it i mean because that's what they're supposed to do Stephen Oldler of ESPN.com is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It was talked about as Anthony Richardson uh, kind of ratted himself out, I guess, yesterday. Self-reported his situation. How, from your understanding, did that all go down over the course of the game on the sideline? Yeah, so I think it's actually to his great credit that he did that. And, and apparently Ryan Kelly, who was diagnosed uh, shortly after with his own concussion, he brought those symptoms to the team's attention as well. And then the concussion test came up uh, indicating that he had symptoms too. So uh, in, in Anthony's case, I mean, it's well documented by now. They, they think it happened when he scored that second touchdown. Uh, he flips over, does that somersault, and in the process hit his head as, as he was going to the turf. Uh, he sure didn't look like a guy who had just banged his head on the turf when he jumped up and celebrated um, very, very enthusiastically. But anyhow, I, he played six more snaps after that. They Well, there were a couple penalties in there. So I think he was probably under center for about eight snaps or so. Um, they punted twice, on, or punted on both of those possessions, three and outs on both. And then it was at that point during the defensive series when he, he brought – the uh, it brought it to the team's attention that he was having these symptoms. And he should get checked. Now, the other thing that's come up, and and I brought this up, and and so have others. They have these concussion spotters at the games. That you see them out there. If you pay attention in the background, you see them with the red hats on on the sideline. And so those are those are neurologists whose job is to kind of monitor guys who may be dealing with concussion symptoms. Now. They did not catch anything here, but I actually don't think the system necessarily failed. You know, I, I double checked with the league on this, and you can go on my Twitter feed if you want the whole statement, and it's in uh, my story on ESPN.com as well. What they have, what they outlined to me uh, at the league office is that because I asked, I said, "Look, he took this hit. You know, is is it in their purview to intervene and say, hey, we should check him?" And what I was told, I was actually corrected. Their job isn't to look for hits. Their job, those, those neurologists who are on, on the field and in the skybox, their job is to look for players who are exhibiting symptoms of concussions. The behavior that, that they can tell uh, might indicate a, a concussion, right? Whether a guy's wobbly, whether a guy has other sorts of behavior that, that are uh, in accordance with maybe a possible concussion. That's what they're looking for, uh, as opposed to a guy who, hey, he took a big hit, he might he might have a concussion. Because, frankly, it happens all the time, right? We see guys take a big hit, and there's nothing. They're fine. And then there's other instances where 
where a guy gets a concussion, and we have no idea how it happened. We never saw him take, quote-unquote, a big hit, because that's not how it works. So it's a good reminder that concussions are really, really complicated, and and how they occur and and when they occur are, are not necessarily uh, when we think they happen or how they happen. So I guess what I'm saying is I think it all worked out in the end. Um, should they have checked? Should they – instruct these doctors to check guys who take a big hit i I don't know they would probably slow the game down a lot more if they did but uh apparently everybody did what they were supposed to do yeah well what you think about wesley french getting in there by the way and you mentioned ryan kelly going out with uh, his concussion situation too what'd you think of the guy that backed him up i I mean i thought the, the offensive line acquitted itself pretty well um no sacks they they really didn't have a ton of pressure frankly yeah. and you know and i'm not saying you know they were up against the 85 bears but I, I do think at the end of the day i don't care who you're playing i mean every team is gunning for the quarterback and particularly when you move to that you know to more of a pocket style quarterback with, with Minshew, and i still didn't see much of a difference there and and in fact they were still able to run the ball with some success despite having, you know, more of a stationary quarterback. So, I mean, I've got to give the offensive line a lot of credit. Obviously, uh, Zach Moss did a, did a very good job as well, but, but I think there were also some lanes there that he was able to take advantage of, and it just all worked out. I mean, it, it, it really – I know Houston scored those 10 uh, fourth-quarter points, and it kind of changed the complexion of the game a little bit, but that was a manhandling. They manhandled that team. And despite C.J. Stroud, I thought having a really impressive game. Uh, they That game was never in doubt is what I'm saying. And, you know, look, we can talk about the missed field goal at the end by Houston. Maybe it's a different game in the final series. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? I mean, at the end of the day, look, we're not talking about, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about the Indianapolis Colts. For them, that's a good win. That's what I'd say. No, no, there's no doubt. It was one that was com- incredibly necessary because fans around here have not been able to embrace anything like that from start to finish yeah. and basically forever. Yeah, and and it's especially in light of, of Anthony's injury, I think yeah. that's the thing we, to mention in particular because, yeah, granted, they were up when he went out. I, I think it was, was it 14-7, yeah. I want to say? Uh, I mean, that game was... That game was nip and tuck at that time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it would be a much darker game. day today. Had it'd be, it'd be a very dark day had they not won yeah. that and lost Richardson yeah. at the same time. Right. So you know, as it was, it was kind of a muted victory because obviously we we know what he means to the team. But but I, I think to to be able to uh, to be able to to push through and and win in convincing fashion after his injury. I think that says a lot, and, and talks about it tells you about guys rallying around, uh, you know, each other, and, and then in the backup quarterback as well, rallying around Minshew. Um, that that's a pretty impressive win. Stephen Holder from ESPN.com is with us. So it was very thinly veiled, uh, pointing the finger at the situation with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Tom Palisaro's report that the NFLPA there was an NFL filing a grievance against the NFLPA over the allegations. The union advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage. 
leverage and contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper conduct. The NFLPA countered with, quote, this is ridiculous and without merit. And again, seemingly all pointing the finger at Jonathan Taylor, who was not on the road in Houston yesterday with the Colts for that win. However, was active via social media on Instagram with a video working out at the Colts complex. What do you make of all this swirling around with his time remaining on PUP two more weeks? Well, it's not shocking, I guess, when you think about it, because uh, we we know that that there's been this um, sort of undercurrent among teams and owners. I mean, Jamerse has basically vocalized it, frankly, you know, that, that they didn't appreciate, I guess. It's not surprising that they don't appreciate, you know, some of the things that have been said and done. I think it's interesting. <laughs> you have the, the running backs have essentially accused the owners of collusion. And I think what the owners now are doing is accusing the running backs of collusion. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit of tit for tat, I, I think is what it is, you know, and, and I said this recently, it's so ironic because I, I said this recently that I said, you know, maybe the running backs are colluding. And I said, you know, my thought was and because they think the owners are, so they're doing their own version of collusion, perhaps. And, and so I guess the owners agree. Um I don't know how I, I don't know whether this matters much in the grand scheme because if, if they're not naming any particular player in this grievance, then there there wouldn't be any any specific punishment for any one particular player, I presume. Uh, but I, I also don't know, like, how you resolve these things. It'll be interesting. Normally, grievances get resolved, like, you know, by money. <laughs> but I don't know how this one works. I mean, the, the owner's asking for money back. I don't think that's the case here. So I, I don't know that detail, and I, I will look into that because I'm actually curious. How? What is a potential resolution to this thing whenever it goes before the arbitrator? Anyhow, we got a long way to go before that happens. But for now, to your question, I – I think it's a it's a little bit of a shot across the bow. It feels like that. That's what it feels like to me. Is there any reason for Colts fans that, like me, would be pro and wanted to see Jonathan Taylor back on this team and playing this year? Was that video on Friday any indicator that maybe you should have a, a shred of confidence that maybe right. your your wishes and your thoughts could become reality? Um, well, it, it, it does make it at least a possibility because if he's, if he's not healthy, if he, if he can't move around, then, then him getting back to the field is not even up for discussion. Right. So, so let's start with that, which is kind of obvious. Now, is he, or was he trying to um, make the point that I'm almost back? Was he trying to uh, send a, a, a message to outside suitors? Right. I mean, that, that has been, proposed as a, as a possible explanation. I don't know. Uh, but I just think in general, if he is on the field and getting closer to playing, it at least tells us that we're getting closer to a resolution. Because honestly, that I think that's good for everybody. If we get this thing figured out, whether he gets traded, whether they do something else, if he plays and has a great season, whatever the outcome is, you know, I, I think if, we just need a resolution. Everybody needs a resolution because they kicked the can down the road by putting him on the pup list. And that's the, that's the one thing I, I do wonder about. Like they had the option of putting him on the active roster. And I have actually wondered aloud, like, should 
Chris Ballard have just done that? I actually think, you know, Jonathan Taylor would have had to make a decision. It would have kind of forced his hand to make a decision. And, and at least it would have got us closer to a resolution in all of this. And, and even if he wasn't quite ready to play week one, I mean, it wasn't like their, their roster was bursting at the seams with all this talent that they couldn't let go. I mean, they could have stashed him on the 53-man roster and sped this process up a little bit, at least by a couple weeks. Anyhow, they didn't do that, so here we are. So to just my thoughts, based you know, back to your question, what did it mean, him posting that video? I, I just think it's um, – it's in his best interest at some point to play or to show that he can play because he needs to, he needs to demonstrate that to, uh, to, to make sure his contract stays intact. And then secondly, if he wants to get traded, which I believe he still ultimately wants, if he, if he still wants to get traded, it, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt, excuse me, to, uh, to show that you're, you're back, that you're physically able to play. Steven Juju Brent's a healthy scratch again, this week yeah. what um what's going on there so essentially he had to kind of start from scratch after training camp because you know he had that injury that he started camp with and and he really didn't get any real time there you know being a rookie you know not being able to practice in the defense and and get um you know get any preseason snaps and you know those kinds of things i just think the coaches saw that and said, you know, he needs more time to get up to speed, to get ready. Now, that being said, uh, I think if we're, t- if we're still having the same conversation in a couple of weeks, then we got a problem. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to be blunt. I mean, I think it's a plausible explanation for right now. And they have been adamant that there's nothing wrong with him. He didn't get in trouble. Um, he's not hurt necessarily, uh, but he's just, behind the eight ball totally reasonable and i i think understandable but again um he's practicing every day okay so like that learning process should be happening quickly now and i get that we're in the regular season and and they don't have the time to kind of dig in uh and and get him up to speed like they would in in training camp but i mean he's been around all the time he's been in all these meetings and all that so i mean he's not completely starting from scratch. He just didn't have enough practice, right? So I I would say that Juju Brents, if he's not out there in a couple of weeks, uh, it it says to me that that he is not a better option than the guys who are out there at that point. Well, well then you look at one particular option yesterday that a lot of people Mm -hmm. have been talking about right here, and I guess it makes you wonder even more. And this is kind of a two-parter before I let you go. I mean, are are they disappointed in where Brents is right now, considering their actions with him as far as his participation? And we saw last week with um, with Deion Jackson struggling mightily offensively. He grabbed some bench and didn't play. And you saw Moss yesterday take all but one snap out there offensively, which seemed to fit the Colts, at least against Houston. Might Daryl Baker Jr. fall into a similar category of maybe grabbing some bench after yesterday, or is that going a little bit too far right now? Uh, It's probably going too far right now, but that's because uh, you have to have a, a better option. Now, they do have Johnson. That That is – or excuse me, um, not Johnson, uh, Jones. Yeah. Uh, they, that is another option. And so that's that, – I, I think if 
if there is a change, I think that's where they go first. Are they in the market because, for a veteran guy? I mean, if they were, wouldn't that have happened like in the last at some point in the last six months? Oh, I don't. Know. I see Bradley <laughs> Roby still floating around out there, <laughs> right? Like, no, uh, I mean, fair question. I'm like like little like, marijuana right? smoke, you know, at a hip hop concert. So, I mean, I, I mean, you still see it happen. I, I just, I was just curious. It just crossed my mind no, as you were talking. No, I, I get it. I, I, it's a fair question. It's the right question, yeah. but I, I think it's just the reality is. Right. Um, I don't. If they haven't done it by now, I, I just think they're not inclined to do it. You know, and uh, look, I mean, there's something to be said for letting guys play through things. There is something to be said for that, particularly for a team. Let's be honest. I mean, they're not trying to win the Super Bowl. Okay, I don't, I don't know if that's a news flash to anybody, but the Colts are not trying to win the Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> like this is a, a year there, there's a lot of development happening, assessment, all of that. That's what this feels like, right? So, I, I get it. There's something to be said for for letting guys grow, you know, letting them kind of push through and and figure it out. There is something to be right. said for that. Great. However, well, well, they didn't let Deion Jackson figure much out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. There is yeah. a, there's a fine line, though, right? Like, I mean, you got to be – the arrow has to be pointing in the right direction, too, you know? So uh, that's that's where I would say uh, they got to be smart here. I mean, listen, most of the time when a guy throws for – what did C.J. Stroud throw for? Like 370 yards or something. Like, I mean, three 340-something, I think. Most of the time. When a guy lights you up like that, you lose, you know? So the the only reason they didn't is because they built themselves a big lead and it, it didn't matter that much. But, um, and, and also, I mean, that team has a lot of issues. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right? But, uh, but generally, generally, you don't survive that. So, you know, that that's not something that can continue. And I'll tell you, like, next week, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, we we talk about Lamar being this dual threat guy, but I mean, he's completing a hell of a lot of passes right now, and and he yep. is, is he is completing passes at a really high rate, and and he's throwing really accurately. He looks great, and I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be tough, man. Like, you know, he's he's throwing probably as accurate as he ever has, and so maybe all it took was you know, a uh, hundred and. Eighty million to two hundred million dollars, but they have been getting him is, some other like wide receiving weapons. I think probably was a hell of a plan hurts. too, right? It never hurts. Yeah, Isn't that interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, where that stands, you know, is, you know drafting. I think they drafted Zay Flowers. I think out of Boston College, obviously in the first round mm-hmm. to help uh, help out that situation. And and I'll tell you, you're right. It never does hurt. In fact, I think yesterday, what Aguilar went. Uh, I mean, they had. No, that was rushing. I'm sorry. Aguilar had uh, five for 63. I mean, they didn't have. I mean, 237 through the air. I guess that is that's pretty good. But it's not like yeah, anybody I mean, they're, stood they're specifically out balanced. in that. So yeah, yeah. they're always going to be balanced. I mean, they they're not going to right. You know, Baltimore's not going to have a 400 yard passing game for the most part. But that's because uh, you know they, they 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 basically run a very balanced offense and that's intentional and, and they have a big running element to their offense obviously uh but when they need a when they need to to go to the air and they need to get the ball to somebody get a, a first down i mean they're doing it i mean they're doing it very efficiently right now so it's not even really about 
the big numbers. And, and C.J. Stroud's performance kind of shows you that. It's, it's not even about the numbers. It's about the efficiency and making them count, and, and Baltimore is doing that right now. So, anyway, um, the point being, um, cold secondary, you know, hope they've got their attention. Yeah, it probably should be. No doubt about that. So, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com, his latest, if it's been released yet, it's about ready to regarding the situation with Anthony Richardson and, and you know, what the real situation is as far as how they utilize him, which is how they're going to continue to utilize him. You can find that at yeah. ESPN.com. Always a pleasure on a Monday, Stephen. Thank you. All right, my friend. I'll see you. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Adam Sandler tickets before I bail out of here. All week long, your chance to see Adam Sandler at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Listen to win. It's coming up before 6, 93.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Stays in again now that the Colts have it on the right hash. Tight end right is... I think that's Mo Alley-Cox. Meanwhile, they throw it wide open down the field. This is Will Mallory. Mallory checking into the game. That's his first career catch. Mallory wide open down the field. The secondary lost control of where the tight end was, and Mallory takes it all the way down to the Houston 18-yard line. Couple of grabs, 49 yards for the rookie, Will Mallory. Will Mallory joins the show, by the way, coming up on Wednesday. A little Mallory conversation going there. I'd mentioned to Stephen and actually coming out of that segment with Stephen Holder of ESPN.com going into the break. Receiving-wise for Baltimore, they certainly have added a lot more around Lamar Jackson. Uh, one being Nelson Aguilar, who obviously is a veteran. Five for 63 yesterday against the Bengals with a touchdown in that win, Zay Flowers with the rookie that I brought up to Steven, four for 62. His long was 52. Mark Andrews, the old standby tight end, five for 45. Odell Beckham Jr., who's a part of that receiving core, uh, just three grabs. And Rashad Bateman, who was a former first-round selection, had three reception on his own. In total, 24 catches and 237 receiving yards for the Ravens yesterday. And then you compare that to the Bengals with obviously just name-recognizable guys, Higgins, Boyd, Chase, uh, 27 for 222 on the afternoon for the Bengals' wide receiving core. And again, you get the Ravens hosting the Colts coming up on Sunday, 10 a.m. I believe we're going to be live up in Carmel. Or as um, Chris Tadary referenced it on Friday, Caramel or Carmel <laughs> at Taylor's Pub. That was a good time, though. Good time. And speaking of which... Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Joe's Grill, Fishers, Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots, week number three with betting analyst Brett Halverson. Friday, Kilroy's downtown, multi, I mean, multi pair of Rams Colts tickets to give away. That is coming up on Friday. Kilroy's downtown on a Bud Light Blue Friday. 
Uh, should be fun. Adam Sandler tickets in a bit. More on the Colts win yesterday and anything else you would like to add. Big Earn is up next today. Hello, Earn. What's up, JMB? How, How you doing? doing? Good to hear from you. I just wanted to say I'm it's, I'm so happy that we got Channel 59 and 4 back on 59, so now I can on DirecTV so I can watch your mug on uh, overtime on Sunday night. I know. You know what? And I can watch, too. I haven't been able to watch myself in like a month and a half. Been too long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I just want to say, go Redlegs. We're going to have a fun 11 games left here, man. You know what? We could not have asked. I mean, we would never have thought this team would be in this situation. So I just kind of take it for what it's worth there. I, yes, I, I, I want to be a believer. I'm just not a believer. But these guys, they do. They continue to battle um, with a lot stacked against them. And I'll give them credit for that, certainly. Yeah, with no starting pitching it. Yeah, we're, None. we're Zero. years ahead of schedule. <laughs> I mean, they're doing some crazy stuff with that pitching lineup right now. It's pretty incredible. Yes, sir. Yep. Appreciate it, Big Earn. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Reds. Reds and Twins, I believe, start a set together over in Cincinnati. I would have never thought that the Reds would be in this at the end of this season. And as much as you look back and, you know, know, the end of July and into August, it wasn't much to write home about. Um, it has been enjoyable because it, and really what happens, and I said this during the summer, it, it allows you to reconnect uh, with the rest of Major League Baseball. Sometimes you forget about it. Sometimes you forget about it in terms, um, certainly when football starts. But, nah, it's it has been good. It has been good to reconnect with my favorite baseball team this year. And glad we were able to do it. Uh, Tyson brings this up. What about the idea of bringing back Darius Rush since the Chiefs released him yesterday? They had to make room for Chris Jones on the 53-man, and and Darius Rush was the casualty on that 53-man roster. I I don't know where he ended up. I don't know who picked him up, if he went back to the uh, Chiefs practice squad or what, as of this afternoon. And my point was this, and Steven's right. I mean, the expectations are not robust with this team, but you just kind of wonder if you're not out there looking for another DB somewhere. They made a, and they had somebody in Zach Moss return, but they made a pretty snap judgment on Deion Jackson. Think about that. All but one snap yesterday for Zach Moss. And I thought that he gave them, To me, he gave them the biggest lift yesterday from week one to that one when he got back from that broken arm yesterday with the 88 yards on the ground, nearly five per carry. That's exactly what they needed. Again, Houston's not any good. Doesn't matter. Give you an opportunity for a team that goes from start to finish and controls that game to give your favorite team a little bit of love, even with still that cloud of uncertainty regarding concussion protocol that hovers over both Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly in this case. This portion of the show and Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live brought to you by Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses, Indy's favorite and original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses, the official cheese spread inside the lounge via YouTube Live and at your table, wherever that might be. 
barbecue, party, tailgate, Win Schuler's spreadable cheeses for recipes and more today. That's winshulers.com. All right, we got a break here. What do you think? Let's take a break. Here's what I'm going to do. What do you think I should do? I don't know if I'm I'm not completely About firm what? on. I want to give away these Sandler things. Should I wait until we return? Because I don't have we, we a necessary. Do- I mean, he's got music. I don't have a song in return for you to respond to. We can do so it right this now. is going to be my me. All right, well, you go ahead. You go ahead and say it then. James, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll uh, call in number nine. Call it right now, and we'll get you Adam Sandler tickets. Adam Sandler tickets is coming up in November at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Adam Sandler, as I remember, one of the greatest all-time interviews for me. It was spectacular. Now, he still screwed me on the pickup game the next day at the Fieldhouse, but one of the greatest all-time interviews, if not the greatest, I have ever done. On Radio Row. That's when I was blackballed by ESPN, remember? And they they wouldn't let me talk to any of their peeps because of uh, Adam Schefter. That would not happen. But Matt Taylor at the time was my producer, the voice of the Colts, and landed Adam Sandler. I believe he was talking up his film, That's My Boy, with Andy Samberg. But an outstanding conversation. You can see him live coming up in November. Thank you, Live Nation. Gamebridge Fieldhouse, the site number 9 at 239-1070 is going to be a winner. We'll come back and wrap it up and get you set for Colts Roundtable Live. And I'm going to go coach a practice of eight-year-old girls. (laughs) Here comes the coach. Here he comes. I don't know. I got a list right here. I have to give you my list. I've got drills. You guys want to hear my drills? You think my drills have anything to do with anything other than shooting? You're about right. Quick break. Back with you. Final time next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 11.30 to go, third quarter, deep drop play action. Stroud in trouble, and he is gobbled up at the 49-yard line. Taven Bryan, the former Jaguar, now in a Colts uniform, doing damage again in the AFC South on a sack. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, had that call for you on the Colts Radio Network. Colts Roundtable Live, that's Matt, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights coming at you at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, even going beyond, I'm sure, a lot of the things we talked about today. And answering a lot of your questions, I'm sure, at uh, hashtag Colts Roundtable Live, I think, is where you go for those questions right there. So, Matt and the fellas are standing by. Good show today. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com joined us. If you missed any of it regarding the concussion protocol, uh, the self-reporting, what the week may be, uh, if there is a comparison to be made, how the Colts handled it with that of Ogletree last week, and yeah, the expectation for this weekend, and then obviously what took place down in Houston yesterday with that win. Both sides of the football Mostly good, a little bit bad in terms of what took place in the secondary. Zach Moss, 88 yards, nearly five per carry right there. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 
coming in, getting a couple of touchdowns. I mean, really settling everybody down. Yeah, certainly, at least against Houston yesterday, you can understand why they felt compelled to to bring him in, knowing the Steichen system. And of course, uh, um, a couple of age old questions. One is, you know, when is too much too much for Anthony Richardson running? And I gave you my answer to that, and that is that's going to be a part of his repertoire for a while. So you might as well sit back and get ready for it. Might as well get ready. And then, you know, kind of the conversation about getting value out in terms of draft capital for Gardner Minshew. My good, that gives me a headache right there. Don't give me a headache. JMV, you mentioned something about Miles Turner and what he said a little bit earlier today. What was that? Can you refresh my memory? Miles, evidently, and I don't know where this was. I just got it via NBA Central. Miles Turner guarantees an all-star appearance next season. Now, this may be just a complete sham as far as a quote and something he was talking about, but I love the bravado. Quote, I'm excited for the all-star game. Obviously, that's going to be in Indiana this year. You're all going to see me there. By the way, you heard it here first. So it sounds like that he plans on participating. I'm here for it. Who else is here for it? Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I got you the Winshuler's Cheese sponsorship. You better be down with 33. Got you that sponsorship. Going over smashingly. Maybe he ended up saying, hey, I'll be there. But that's the way that it sounded. And that was the quote that I was talking about earlier today. And I absolutely love it. New Monday night football theme tonight. Chris Stapleton and Snoop. Part of that. Got a double dip tonight, remember, as well. Closing out week number two of the NFL season. You get two games coming up later on tonight. Saints-Panthers 7-15, ESPN, ESPN 2. Browns and Steelers on ABC and ESPN Plus at 8-15. Who won those Sandler tickets over there? Who you got, James? Uh, our winner was Chet Webster. Way to go, Chet. Chet's a great name, by the way. The greatest Chet of all time would be not necessarily Chet Lemon, but Chet from Weird Science. Got that right. Good to see you, Landon. Thanks, James. Thank you all for listening. Lounge via YouTube Live. Stephen Holder, too. Great show tomorrow at 3 and Colts Roundtable Live coming up next. My suggestion, don't go anywhere.